tuning in to the Glossy Podcast. I'm your host, Jill Manoff, and today I sit down with Lauren Bush Lauren, co-founder and CEO of Feed, the 15-year-old B Corp bag brand. Feed has worked with partners to provide more than 126 million school meals to children in need. So I wanted to ask Lauren about whether the brand is benefiting from the supposed rise of a conscious consumer and how the economy plays into consumer behavior around the brand. Welcome, Lauren. Thank you. Thanks, Jill. Thank you for being here. I have to tell you, I <laughs> 15 years in is pretty significant. Congratulations. <laughs> I I love that you celebrate milestones. I first, I think I probably said two words to you, but I first met you and became more familiar with the brand and the, I guess, rampant support among the fashion community for the brand. At your 10-year anniversary, you had a dinner. I mean, yes. Cynthia Raleigh was there, like Cindy Levy. I sat next to a couture editor. It was just like... Anyway. Oh, I'm so happy you were there. What a fun thing. I love that. I'm sorry we didn't chat more or since then. Gosh. gosh. It was a busy night. Tell me about that support and how important that is. And um, yeah, I guess supporters of the brand. I know you have ambassadors, but this is different. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the 10 years celebration, which feels like it was yesterday, and I can't believe it was more than five years ago now. Um, I mean, my family came you know, my mom, my in-laws, my husband, but also just so many of our, you know, current and past partners were there to support, including, you know, amazing press and folks who've covered us throughout the years. Like, it was just such a feel-good, one of those, like, surreal, awesome, like, peak entrepreneur moments when you can, like, look around the room at this, you know, friendly, amazing, supportive um, audience and faces that have just helped along the journey. It was like a, you know, a feed wedding of sorts where um, we all sat at that long horseshoe table and we had, I remember in topiaries sort of the, that we had reached the goal for our tenure was to get to at least um, having given a hundred million school meals and we had like just made it. So we were super excited and proud and the event team helped sort of represent that. Um, But it was just like a family style fun event. I'm so happy you were there, Jill. That's awesome. Yeah, it was heavenly. Tell me about the business model. This is not exactly like a Tom's model. You're buying shoes, you give a pair of shoes, but there's there's some um, similarities, yeah? Yeah, there are. I mean, early days, Tom's and I were founded right around the same time, and Blake, the founder, and I became, you know, close buds and compared notes. Um, so definitely of that ilk and of that timing. Um yeah, so proud that, you know, Feed is, has been around for 15 years, really as a conduit for customers to give back and help fund school meals. And and that sort of founding intent and that mission hasn't changed. And yet, you know, our brand, our products, our business model has evolved, continues to evolve um, with the times, with consumer demand. Um, you know, so it's definitely been a journey. And yet at the, the core of it, obviously, that my, you know, why I started Feed was to support school feeding. Um in areas and countries and regions where, you know, kids literally wake up and don't necessarily even know where their next meal is coming from. Honestly, so important. Um, yeah, so significant what you've done so far. I know that you're, in terms of the product, the product has evolved. I would say it's more fashion forward. How would you describe it? Yeah, so we are primarily a bag brand, um, but we do think of us, are, you know, beyond bags. Um, We started, you know, essentially with one burlap reusable, large, you know, reusable shopping bag 
that was sort of iconic at the time. And we still make and sell that bag, our sort of OG feed one bag. Um, but what really started with that very singular bag has now evolved to many different bags with different end uses, different materials, different price points. We even have sort of a capsule kind of smaller home goods collection, including, you know, a linen apron and beautiful artisan made cutting boards. Um, so really from a singular product with that singular mission to more of a lifestyle expression, still with that same mission to, to raise money and meals and awareness about childhood hunger. Um, but across you know, many different style bags, some more fashion forward, some more utilitarian, um, but all, you know, I would say all very functional, all very everyday, um, very value driven in terms of, of what we design and who we design for. Right on. Have you always been a direct-to-consumer brand? Are you selling it in retail in retailers or counting on other retail partners? Yeah. So our, I mean, our that was part of the evolution for sure over the last 15 years. So when I started Feed, you know, I started it with like my small savings and, you know, my instinct and, and strategy initially was like, gosh, let's partner with, you know, the best sort of mission aligned um bigger brands and retailers in order to get our, our brand, but also our product out into the world um, via their stores and their sales channels. So, so much of the first, gosh, eight years of feed was big part, you know, these larger partnerships with the likes of, um, you know, everyone from a Whole Foods to a Gap, to a Target, to a Clarins. So showing up in different ways um, within these different brands and retailers and really the evolution, um, certainly as of five or six years ago, was like, okay, we should continue doing these partnerships, you know, when they make sense, when we're truly aligned, when this is going to be a great expression of the brand, when we can obviously get some of that scale um, and thus be able to give more. But we also need to have that direct relationship with our community and with our customers. And we've always, you know, been on Facebook and social media, but really pivoting and, and kind of building a team out around being a, a, a D2C brand. Um, and then certainly when COVID hit, which we can talk about uh, later, that, you know, c- cemented our D to, you know, focus on being a D2C brand. For sure. Who is your customer? And tell me about their their loyalty or even just um, the community vibe of, of your social following, of your shopper? Yeah. Our, you know, our core customer really ranges in age. I would say she's anywhere from, you know, 18 to honestly 65. We've been around, you know, 15 years. She may have discovered us at Whole Foods literally 15 years ago buying her groceries. She may have discovered us at her clearance counter. We've been like our longest running partner for the last 12 years. But certainly, I think, it, you know, beyond demographic, it's sort of psychographic that she is a conscious consumer. She cares about, her, you know, what she's buying, what she's gifting. Feed is, you know, a very giftable brand. So we see a lot of, of activity later in the year during the holidays when she's not only maybe buying for herself, but she's shopping for her her daughters, her mother, her sister, her friends, her teach, you know, her kids' teachers. Um, so that that for sure is our core customer. Um, and we, you know, have been cultivating that relationship and hopefully, I mean, I've learned certainly so much from getting to, to know that customer. I am that customer. I created feed because it was something I saw and, and wanted myself as a consumer. Um, but definitely during, you know, via social media, but other, you know, brand building events and activations we've done, including feed suppers, um, being one 
our store being another when it, you know, we closed that again during kind of a COVID casualty, but we would do all this amazing programming pretty much monthly or biweekly um, in the store. So it's been definitely a really fun part of my job to sort of get to know her and, and be a part of her life. Oh my gosh. As you're talking, I'm like, why didn't I think to shop feed for holidays? What a great gift. That makes great well, sense. Well, there's still time. It's only April or totally. May. <laughs> this year, that is the goal. Is that what yeah. you say? Um, and ex- I don't know, more so than another brand, a majority of your sales are happening around holiday. How significant is that Q4, I guess, for the brand? I know. it's not. I would say it's not the majority, but it's certainly a major part of our sales, which... Um, is great. I mean, I would say it's kind of nerve wracking throughout the rest of the year because you're like, oh gosh. But every year it comes through. I mean, every year Q4 for us is, is you know, much greater than other times in the year. And again, it just speaks to that giftability and the value proposition of a feed. Tell me about some of the challenges when working with maybe a retail partner that you didn't, you don't experience when, when working directly with your consumer. Mm. I mean, in any partnership, um, with a brand or a retailer, yeah, it has to be like the priorities need to align. The product needs to, you know, obviously be something we feel good about as a brand, but also something that they feel good about. So it's a lot of that sort of the dance and the compromise and the back and forth that go into that, which on one hand I think is awesome. And it's been kind of the great, some of the most rewarding experiences I've had as an entrepreneur the last 15 years have been forming a partnership when it when it goes really well and when everyone's kind of values align on the same page. Um, and yet, you know, I would say there've also been painful moments where you feel like, gosh, we compromised too much and, you know, we didn't quite get what we needed out of that or this wasn't what we expected. So there's also been those disappointments and learnings along, along the way as well. So clearly when it's, yeah, pure D to C, you're, in mu- you're much more in the driver's seat of saying, okay, here's the brand expression here's the pricing even, like here's, a, you know, literally how we want to show up um, with customers. And yet I think what's lost in that is possibly just reach and scale. I mean, we all know, you know, paid marketing and the iOS changes and everything that kind of happened in 2021 made it harder to find that sort of ideal customer and, and things that were kind of moving and grooving more in 2020 and prior, um, you know, have come to pass. And it's just, it is a challenge for just pure D2C brands. So I would say we we are more on a journey. We're definitely mostly D2C, but to being omni-channel and finding kind of what are those retailers and partners that where feed can and should show up, not only for the growth of our own business, but also for our ability to, yeah, exist, to grow, to scale our give back as well. Yes. Because we talked a little bit about, I mean, a lot about giving back, but you also sustainability is is one of your standards. I would think that that is a challenge. Tell me about um, maintaining that, maintaining the B Corp status, um, challenges around that. I mean, I would, am I correct that maybe this was always the focus in the 15 years of the brand and that that probably made it easier than a brand attempting to like backtrack and, and rewrite processes to get there? Or tell me, tell me about the challenges. Yeah. I mean, certainly first and foremost, like I feel, I kind of look at it as there's, you can, you know, focus on people and we need to focus on planet. So we definitely feed started as a people focused company and that our main, you know, number one mission 
is to raise awareness, but also, you know, money to give school meals to feed kids around the globe as well as here in the U.S. Um, but certainly from day one, to your point, I started it as a reusable bag company um, when reusable bags were sort of still a novel idea, which I feel like is is dating me. Um, you know, and for example, one of our biggest kind of first partners that helped really put feet on the map was Whole Foods. And we designed a really special bag that would zip up into a little pouch when you weren't using it. So you could sort of stock your, you know, your other bag with this reusable bag that unzipped and became a, a really functional um, bag. So from day one, that was that was a focus. And yet, you know, there's still so much we as a company can and, and plan to do. And, you know, with Earth day, Earth month passing, like this is something we're always focused on, of course, but it, it is a moment we always look at our our goals and we kind of put forth even to our community to try to be transparent about here's where we are, here's where we want to be. Um, you know, we have a percentage goal in terms of how much more organic cotton, GOTS certified organic cotton we want to use, how much recycled our pet, so in the materials we use, but it's also in how we, you know, ship things and how, I mean, there's so many touch points in terms of um, just our, our impact in making a product and selling a product. So it's, we're on a journey, I would say, along with other, other companies. So while people is our, you know, primary focus and, and goal, you know, Planet is certainly right there um, alongside it. Yes. Tell me about the size of the company in terms of headcount and maybe your experience prior um, with, I mean, leading a large company <laughs> is, is its own skill, um, I would say. But yeah, tell me, tell me about the company size right now. Yeah. I mean, we've definitely, you know, flexed up and now we're a bit of a leaner team. We're less than 10 people. We also have leaned more into, I guess, since COVID, I would say um, consultants or more of the consultants, like people that kind of do functional areas for us that aren't full-time in-house teammates. Um, we're a team of all women, which isn't necessarily by design, but sort of happens for the most part. We've had a few brave men throughout Feeds history. Um, but yeah, it's a really familial team. Um, many of us have worked together, you know, five plus years and just, yeah, are in it, in it together every day, which is, is really great. Um, but yes, we are on the, the smaller side in terms of, of, of headcount. Yes. Elephant in the room. Like, okay, your, your name, <laughs> you yeah. are the, the granddaughter of, hello, former president, George H.W. Bush, and also the, the daughter-in-law <laughs> of, of Ralph Lauren. I mean, a well-known name. And I know that, you know, I would say, I I think I just read that you're, you're doing this all on your own. Tell me about, I guess, where you're able, like, does your name, are you mm. able to use your name to your advantage? Which there's nothing wrong with that to me. But anyway, talk to me about your take on that. Yeah. I mean, my name and myself are not our inextricably linked. So therefore, it's definitely <laughs> obviously a factor in, in what I do. Um, and really, you know, maybe in part because of my name, I started modeling in, in high school in order to sort of travel a bit beyond Texas where I grew up and make a little money. And, and it was from that savings that I was able to start Feed. Um, it was an idea I had in college and yeah, using that savings that I had for modeling and really using the connections, a lot of the connections I had made during modeling um, in order to understand how do you actually make a product? What do you, what's a warehouse, you know, a hang tag, a warehouse, like the real nitty gritty back end of like making an, a product. Um, 
So that definitely came, you know, out of out of modeling, as did the initial funding. So family's definitely been there to support me, although I, I would say I'm really proud that Feed has been my own sort of brainchild and expression and, you know, baby, if you will, um, from day one. But yes. I like it. Talk to me about more about getting the name of feed out there. Um, the marketing uh, you mentioned. Gosh, what is that? The stores were working um, to really get eyes on the brand. Um, and am I correct? You do have ambassadors. What else are you doing? Um, digital marketing had the shakeup. Where what where does investing yeah. make sense? Mm. You know, we don't actually, we've done sort of unofficial ambassador programs, but we've never honestly paid anyone to sort of wear our product or represent our product. We really want it to be genuine, authentic, you know, promotion and support. And, and for example, gosh, what year was that? In 2015, um, 16, we were able to do this come together campaign where the likes of, you know, Anne Hathaway and her husband and, um, Chrissy Teigen and John Legend and, you know, the list goes on and uh, Carly Kloss, like amazing people, truly out of the goodness of their hearts and of, out of wanting to do something good and stand for some, represent something good, were, you know, volunteer to be a part of, of that campaign. So for sure, that sort of influencer, you know, very organic, very authentic promotion and marketing of their brand have been, you know, hugely helpful along the way. Um, in terms of investment now, yeah, I would say because of the, you know, paid marketing is is less efficient. We are still doing it to a, a lesser extent and a more kind of strategic and and measured um, measured way. At the same time, we're really leaning more into retention. So, you know, making sure our SMS and email flows are really spot on and really, you know, going almost back to like the origins of like just pure good old-fashioned brand building, community building, you know, getting together with people in the right spaces and the right communities um, to keep feed top of mind. And I kind of think that's what a lot of brands have to do now and are, are doing, which is great. I mean, it's, it's um, again, a fun part of, of being a brand beyond just putting out beautiful ads. I think it's nice to kind of get your hands dirty and, and get out there with your community in terms of brand building. Yes. Ideally, you would have a dozen stores out there. What's your take on stores moving forward or your your goals there? I know. Um, so Dumbo was also my other baby. We had a little uh, store coffee shop in this amazing um, development in, in Brooklyn for five years. And then with COVID, we kept it, you know, open as long as we could. And obviously the mandates to, to shut it. And it just kind of got to a point where just the area didn't, you know, quite rebound quickly. And we made the difficult but kind of obvious decision that we had to, to close it. So I would say I could see, you know, more feed stores down the line. It was neat to have the coffee shop component because it was an everyday reason for people, community members to just come in and like we were their daily, yeah, walk with their dog, get a coffee, get a, you know, muffin. Um, and then obviously while, while they're there, they're looking at feed bags and our, you know, latest curation. So it was such a fun, I've always secretly or not so secretly wanted to be a shopkeeper. So it was, it was really fun for me to get to be able to live that dream out and have this physical brand expression and really neat too. And what I do miss, and again, now that COVID sort of dissipating, I want to get back to is we were able to use that space to do a lot of different programming. So different panel talks, different trunk shows of other like-minded, you know, socially conscious brands and, and otherwise. So it was just a fun place to bring our community together. Um, 
So not so I guess you can hear my excitement. I really believe in stores and branded stores, and I think that's awesome. I mean, for us, it's not the first hill to tackle. Um, we have some other things we're excited about that will come to fruition next year. Um, so more, more stores is not top of that list. Ooh, potentially more categories. Product category. Possibly more categories. I can't say, but yes, yes, yes. It <laughs> seems like it would make great sense. Talk to me about the is the rise of the conscious consumer. We write about it. We talk about it on the sustainability mm. specific side. You know, I'm still hearing from brands that consumers are seeing buying something with that's made sustainably as a plus and not maybe a, a driver to that purchase. Mm. Um, how, how are you envisioning it? What's your experience? I know. I think, t- yes, I would agree with that. I mean, especially with the economy as it is, as much as consumers are, you know, care, I would say a lot more, are a lot more discerning than ever about what truly is good or what sort of greenwashing or good washing, which is awesome. Um, I do think, yeah, if quality and price are the same, the differentiator then being the values of a company and what they're doing for the world sustainability wise or otherwise, that will push consumers hopefully over the edge to, to purchase. I don't know if consumers right now are at a place where they're going to spend considerably, you know, a lot more in order to get those products. Um, so I think that that has been sort of a learning of, of mine throughout the years. And I think it's true now. And yet, you know, I, I would say too, conscious consumerism has evolved from when I started Feed to now be kind of referred to as, as almost activism consumerism, where there are, you know, a lot of consumers out there again to the being more discerning point who will buy or boycott, you know, boycott a brand or company based on their values and their practices and how they treat their employees and how they yeah manufacture goods. So there's just so much more transparency out there and no longer can can business leaders and certainly brands sort of sit on the sidelines a lot you know of these hot button, you know, very timely social issues. Like it is now for brands to participate, to give back, to be a part of it, to convene. Um so it's almost, you know, brands I would say have to do more and step up more. Like that's the expectation of consumers and especially younger consumers. Um if you want their their loyalty and their um purchases. But boycott, I can't even say it. I had not heard that word and I like Isn't it. Isn't that funny? I know. I did air quotes which you can't see on this podcast. But yes, boycott. <laughs> boycott. I like it. Tell me about gosh, we're we're coming up to the end of Earth Month. Um yes. And did Feed do something special and or I'm hearing a lot from I'm reading a lot about sustainability reporters who are so this is their beat. Um, they they're like I'm ready for it to end. <laughs> you there's like I guess greenwashing maybe is rampant, but like what's your take yeah. on the whole month of it all? Is it an opportunity to, I guess, do good? I know it, do working to its I guess I don't know doing the counter thing. Go ahead. That's funny. Um, I mean I think it's a good. It can only be a good thing when companies and you know consumers are focused, if not for just a month on, you know, let's pay a little more attention. Let's do more reporting and like talk about it more with our community. So yeah, Feed does the kind of stereotypical, but for us, very meaningful um, kind of roundup of like, here are our commitments and here's maybe where we've fallen short. Here's where we're striving to go. Just have a kind of sharing that openly um, on social, on our new, you know, newsletter, on a website. 
Um, we also put forth, which is our the third time we've done this, we collect kind of cutting room scraps of our feed 10 bags, which are made of organic cotton and make these sort of upcycled totes out of them. So we did a collection of those, which sold out, you know, super fast. Um, so we do use it as kind of a, a timely rallying moment. And yet for us, of course, it's like a yearly, I mean, it's a year round topic and focus, you know, certainly for our, our production, but also for, our, you know, our marketing for, for the whole company um, to keep it top of mind. So it's, I like that there's a, a, a day or a month to rally behind it, but it obviously is a year round um, focus as well. Definitely. At the beginning of the conversation, you were talking about the company's great evolution. We've talked about product changes, marketing changes, distribution changes, anything we didn't mm-hmm. talk about in terms of where you guys have shaken it up, changed it up in the, in the last, well, I'm sure a lot in the last 15 years, but anything noteworthy? I know. Um, I mean, I sound like a dinosaur, but Feed was founded like before there was Instagram. You know what I mean? Like just the whole way you kind of reach people and talk to your community has just changed dramatically. Um, and yeah, I'm, you know, obviously there's like always more to be done as an entrepreneur in anything, but especially on social media. Um, so I, you know, TikTok, like all, all of that continues to be realms that we are, you know, dipping our toe into and, and can and should do more. Does your uh, social community, I would think that they want to hear from you. Um, does this put <laughs> pressure on you? Like, do, do they, are you the face of the brand? And is that crucial? I am the face of the brand. Um, and yet I'm also very conscious of Feed not being the Lauren show. Like, I really want the brand to stand on its own. And um, I'm also more of a private person personally. So I'm not someone who's sort of like comfortable even constantly being in front of the camera and, you know, but yet obviously I love feed and every product we design and put forth, I'm behind it. You know, like I really am day to day in the nitty gritty. So it's, it's obviously something I feel very proud of and it's easy to represent when it's, when it comes from that place. Um, So I think it's for me finding a balance. I know, you know, the spectrum of founders and how, how comfortable they are and how much they want to be the face of and kind of have that be a, a major part of their job um, you know, it's such a pers- personal choice for every founder and every company. For sure. What are your goals for the rest of 2023? We're coming up the halfway to the halfway mark, which is wild. But anyway, what, what are you wild. hoping to achieve this year? Yeah, I think, you know, as we again emerge from COVID, um, really kind of going back to being an omni-channel brand, not to say we're opening our own store, you know, right away, but going back to sort of old and new wholesale relationships, like to be a brand that kind of shows up in your local, um, your favorite local boutique in your local store is really important. So we're, we're kind of focusing anew on that. Um, we also have kind of a growing B2B channel. So, which isn't something we often talk about with our D2C channel, but, um, meaning for corporate events, corporate gifting, you know, again, going back to like feed is kind of this, you know, product bad f- bag that has that functionality, but that also is giving back. It's sort of primed to be that wonderful kind of corporate gift and corporate um, event bag. So that is also a channel where, you know, refining and kind of leaning into a little more coming out of COVID now that events are, are happening again. Um, and then again, which I can't fully reveal, but working on big plans for this category expansion that will come out early next year. How old is this B2B business? That is so interesting. Isn't that funny? 
it actually started by accident because we had some bags made that didn't come back quite right. Like it wasn't something we felt like we wanted to sell on our website. And we had gotten, we had just incoming, got um, inquiries about selling in bulk, you know, for events, for weddings, for company events. And, you know, to that point had deflected, deflected. But this was probably, I mean, year three or four of feet. So we've been doing it now for over a decade. Again, it's always a bit of a side hustle for the company, um, but one that we're looking to, yeah, put some partnerships and kind of a little more structure in place to to do more. Um, and it's just a wonderful way, another wonderful way for people to get a bag, to discover the brand, discover the mission. And, you know, hopefully it's another, again, entry point as well for them to possibly then convert to become D2C customers. For sure. Long-term goals for the brand. What, we're talking again in 15 years. What are you going to tell me? <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, obviously I continue to aim for the meal count. Our one, we're at 125 plus million meals, school meals we've been able to give so far. I'd say in another 15 years, gosh, it'd be amazing to be, to get to like half a million, you know, meals. Um, I mean, half a million, half a, half a billion <laughs> meals. We span that to a B, not an M. Um, so that's the goal on the 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 meal front of I'm just spitballing. But yeah, I would say just to continue to be a relevant brand in the world and to be that go-to conduit for people to get involved in the issue of hunger. We also, I should note, we're, you know, most of my time and most of my team's time and energy is focused on our, you know, brand and our products and the B Corp company. We also have a 501c3 public charity called the Feed Foundation. So we do do some additional fundraising through that and grant making, you know, to programs that um, are really, you know, supporting or doing amazing things that are really innovative and sustainable, more sustainable um, within the hunger space. So it's fun to also get involved in the issue of hunger from that angle as well. Um, yeah, I just I hope Feed is a household name and everyone you know, has some ability and, and way to shop feed and be a part of our, our community and our mission. Children who are hungry, this is not, this is an ongoing problem. Is it, would you call it getting worse or like, how would you describe the state? I know. So before 2020, so before COVID happened, hunger actually globally, as well as domestically was getting better every year. Um, yeah, more people had access to, to food. And yet now, you know, first with COVID, now the you know Ukraine certainly with climate change as well affecting crop and you know people's ability to even grow food produce food hunger's gotten dramatically worse so there you know parts of the world mainly in Africa that are on the edge of famine if not in famine you know droughts etc um, but just even here in, our, in the U.S. like so many Americans are food insecure and you know working many jobs to make ends meet and just putting food on the table is like very difficult. So those are, are, you know, certainly the communities and, and families we want to help in this time. And the program we mainly support and have funded throughout is school feeding. So it's really getting kids um, that pairing essentially nutrition, you know, food with an education. So when kids are able to get food in school, they're more likely to go to school, they'll stay in school longer. Like it has just these amazing ripple effects throughout their life. And it's just an awesome kind of proven way to help break the poverty cycle that so many children, you know, very sadly are, are born into. 
So that's the main sort of thrust and why I started feed, you know, specifically to support school, school feeding. Um, but yeah, there's a lot more to be done. Many days that feels like a very small drop in a, in a ocean. Um, and yet we can all make a difference. Like we know what it takes to solve hunger. Hunger is not, you know, some unknown insurmountable thing. It takes access to healthy, nutritious food. Such a worthy, important cause. We don't typically do this on the Glossy Podcast, but Feed was mm-hmm. kind enough to give us a promo code. So I'm going to hype it up right here also. Oh, cool. Um, Glossy 15 um, through August 31st, you can um, get 15% off. Um, we're, we're going rogue here. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Jill. It's important, of course. <laughs> and I would have to say, um, one last question. Like we talked about consumer demand um, for conscious brands, but I would think, you know, as brands also are trying to right track and and do the right thing and they're seeing the demand from consumers, are you seeing more demand, more um, income inbound requests or um, discussions, prompts, whatever from brands that, that want to team with you? Is, has that ramped up? Mm, it's funny. We've always, I know. Yes. And yet I feel like feed, we were on the kind of early days cusp of brands kind of waking up to the fact that, you know, maybe a lot of brands and not to undervalue what they've always been doing or retailers. um, But a lot of it was kind of behind the scenes or sort of CSR inner company stuff. And I think what feed has offered throughout the years is this very, you know, proactive consumer facing way for not only their team and their employees to get involved, but also really for their consumers and their community to get involved in this very tangible way. So every product we make and sell, there's a very tangible meal metric attached to it. So you know as a consumer, gosh, I bought this, it gave 10 meals and you know I can feel really great about that. Um, so yeah, I would say there is a rising demand. Um, and yet, what all, which also is super cool is, is brands and retailers are realizing, gosh, not only do we need to cultivate these partnerships with, you know, social entrepreneurs and businesses, we also need to develop, like, what are our values and what do we stand for? Um, you know, and I think everyone's sort of on that journey and, and coming up with their own missions and give backs and, you know, value proposition in that way. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Lauren, this was so enjoyable. Thank you for being a guest on the Glossy Podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm such a fan. This is an honor. That's all for this episode. Our theme music is by Otis McDonald. Be sure to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to the Glossy Podcast. See you next week.